week's episode of the Get Back Coach is brought to you by the band Mellifluous. Go check out their new EP, Just High Enough, anywhere you stream music. On this week's episode of the Get Back Coach, we recap Georgia's win over Alabama in the college football national title. Talk about some college coaches that might be going pro. Jay and I's final top 10. And then we end the episode with the playoff where we talk about the greatest national title games of all time. All that and a lot more. All right, let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach, presented by Branded Sports. I am your host, Jake, with always Jay Arnold in beautiful Texas. And Georgia has slayed the dragon. That is Alabama 33-18 in a game where you kind of thought Alabama had a shot to kind of really blow it open in the beginning let Georgia kind of hang around, and then Georgia, like Nick Saban said, kicked their ass in the fourth quarter. Jay, what were you seeing out there, or what was your overall take of the national title? Yeah, I mean, early on in the game, uh, I really thought Alabama was in control. Uh, there, was, there was a few key moments that I think allowed uh, Georgia to, to stick around. One, obviously, we ha- we're going to have to talk about the injury to Jameson Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama lost their best vertical threat. Uh, that kind of – I mean, you had guys on the bench who are, are talented, but uh, you can tell Bryce Young had relied on on Jameson Williams so much. Uh, I mean, there was a few other op- – like Stetson Bennett nearly coughed up the, the ball in in his own territory early on if, if Alabama was able to recover that. I mean, there's so many different things. Having the blocked field goal there mm-hmm. uh, was another huge moment uh, in the second half. I mean – it wasn't a flawless, dominant championship performance by Georgia. Alabama definitely had their opportunities to win the game. Uh, but at the end of the day, Georgia did take over in that fourth. And mm-hmm. uh, all credit to them for for taking advantage of the opportunities that Alabama left on the table for them. Yeah, I mean, and that's like the crazy thing that we keep talking about. You know, when teams beat Alabama, it's usually flawless. Like Texas A&M this year played out of their ass and played a near perfect game to beat Alabama. Now Georgia is a little bit more talented than Texas A&M. No offense, Jay, but none taken. They they made mistakes in that first half. I mean, uh, that offense looked. I mean, just so discombobulated that you and I were talking about getting JT Daniels in the game. And, yeah, I think a lot of us were like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think many people are exempt from that. Uh, no. There, there. I saw the take a lot on on Twitter. I saw, you know, people were texting me, "Hey, is Georgia going to bring in Daniels in the second half?" So I don't think we're alone in that. And no. you know, obviously, credit to Stetson Bennett for what he was able to do. Uh, you know, he's nursing quite the hangover, probably still, if he's not drunk again. Shout out to his interview on Good Morning America. <laughs> Why do they keep doing that, by the way? Like, I, I mean, no I guess idea. someone has someone has to, and they want to talk to the quarterback. But, like, and, Jay, like, you were a defensive lineman, so you're not going to be in the uh, – you're probably – if Texas A&M won a national title while you were there, you, you're not going on Good Morning America probably. Hey, man, I could have had, like, a, a Von Miller Super Bowl MVP performance. You never know. True, true. Speaking of Aggies. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's college kids. Dead. College kids the morning after a championship, they're going to be – most of them are going to be under the influence of alcohol. Like like I was just thinking like if I I won a national title, if I was on a national title team, like let's just say I didn't even play a down, I would – I don't know if I would be alive the next morning. No. Like I I would be – I would sleep for about three days straight 
and there would be no way that I would be able to go in front of the camera. So not only did Stetson Bennett take care of business on the field, but also uh, off the field with his Good Morning America appearance and probably the more appearances that are going to come. But I think you said get the man a Pedialyte. He needed yep. something in the morning. <laughs> he needed something. Man, you know, he, he probably needed a Pedialyte and a Red Bull at the same time. <laughs> a little caffeine, a little caffeine, <laughs> little electrolyte action. He looked rough. He was going with a sentence. Uh, I was like, yeah, I didn't get much sleep. Uh, you know, and he's like, yeah, I just, I didn't get much sleep. <laughs> I mean, he, and the crazy thing is he still looked better than that infamous Chuck Liddell interview. Uh, whenever, oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, if he, and they blamed it on jet lag. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was the line, first. That was the first thing I thought of whenever I saw Stetson Bennett. His <laughs> eyes are just barely open. He could have taken a nap like right there. Um, yeah, but I thought yeah, he was going to fall off his chair. <laughs> um, but yeah, Georgia just—they didn't look like they were going to have it in that first half. And and I think when you and I were talking on spaces, I kind of said, you know, listen, Alabama has dominated this football game, and they were only up nine to six. So they let Georgia kind of hang around, and then Georgia just kicked their ass in the fourth quarter, really dominated in the trenches, got a few stops, just kept holding Alabama to field goals. Bill O'Brien was having a conniption up in the box because they just kept settling for field goals. And and one thing I will have to say is that we do need to credit the Georgia defense for buckling down when they got in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I mean, the yardage they gave up, I, I thought we were about to see another uh, LSU-Alabama repeat, right, when Alabama won 21 nothing, but it was seven yep. field goals instead yep. of three touchdowns. I thought mm-hmm. we were going to see a similar score to that. And then, uh, you know, holding a team to field goals, I mean, it can be the difference of the game, especially when you have somebody mm-hmm. uh, like this Georgia team. I think the, the stats that they showed – on that blocked field goal was it was their fifth of the year against power five opponents. Yes. Uh, yep. I mean, it matters. Special, special teams matters. Special team. It's a third of the game. Um, that defense started getting pressure on Bryce young in the beginning. Bryce young for the most part was getting a, a clean pocket. And, you know, we were both saying, you know, if he's going to have a clean pocket all night, it's, it's going to be a long day for Georgia, but, they were able to get pressure. They were able to force them out, make throws uh, on the run, and it really paid off. Uh, Georgia, great defensive plan. Ben, don't break. And then, you know, the the pick six, the exclamation point at the end of the game. Yep. I love that on the pick six the entire time, Kirby Smart is just yelling at Keely Ringo to get down. Yeah. Like, just don't, don't take that back. And, I mean, that's my first instinct, too. As a defensive lineman, we were always coached that if we ever intercepted the ball, just go ahead and go down. You're probably not going to run it back. You're probably not going to get there anyway. You have a better <laughs> chance of someone coming over top and yanking it out. But but your first instinct, I mean, you get that ball for the first time in forever, it's like, I got to take this to the house. Did Alabama have any timeouts? I don't even know. Uh, so they did. They had all three. They so, did. They had all three. Mm-hmm. With like what fifty seconds, it would have been like a, a minute. I think it was like go. a minute and six, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, like I don't know. I think you take. I, I still think. I still think. I. I mean, it, we can't argue. Like hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Like, it didn't matter in the end, but you're coached in that situation to go down, give your offense a chance to get on the field. Uh, you know, you run the ball three straight times, make them burn their timeouts. But mm-hmm. I mean. The points are are hard to say no to, right? We always talk about mm-hmm. never leaving points on the board, so I, I can see both sides of it. Uh, yeah, defensively, especially as a defensive lineman in that situation, I'm probably getting down. Mm-hmm. Take it to the one, or like take it to like the one or two yard line, and then like fall down there. Yeah, you know That's... where you're close to the end zone, you can still go up by two scores, right? And then you can and try and like run the clock or knee it three times and whatever. I don't know. Right. right. Well, you know, Kirby Smart, you know, defensive coach. I mean, he's th- that's a situation that occurs so much. Like that's actually mm-hmm. something that at AM that we drilled. Really? And, and like uh like a prevent situation. Mm-hmm. If the ball ended up in somebody's hands, immediately go down. Mm-hmm. Immediately go down. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's it's different if a team has th- all three timeouts and mm-hmm. there was a few different variables tossed into that situation, but or clear I, I just I just thought it was really funny to see Kirby Smart yelling that the whole time. Get down, get down. Back. 
Um, I have a question for you, and and this obviously didn't matter. Okay, but Jay, I, I do want your opinion because we didn't actually get to talk about this last night. So Georgia takes the lead. All right. They go up by seven. Do you go for two to make it a two-point game, or do you kick the field goal to go up one? I I kind of like decision to go for two, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're already up seven. Uh, if you kick it, Alabama has been, I think, pretty pretty solid on two-point conversions this year. Mm-hmm. I guess you could make the argument that you saw probably their best two-point plays against Auburn. Right. Uh you, you could make that argument, but, I mean, I just I, – I think the decision to go for two is the right one, especially in that situation with an offense that's so high-powered. Uh, you you want to take every advantage that you can because, I mean, Alabama was still able to drive down the field. They may have struggled with getting touchdowns, but they were still driving. Yeah, and, like, I had this discussion with a friend, and if it wasn't Georgia's defense, okay, like, so let's just say you know your defense isn't great, I would go for two to try and go up two scores there. Yeah. Um, but since it was Georgia, or if you have a really good defense and the other team, the other offense has struggled, you know, in the red zone, in short yardage, I think there you take the points to go up eight. So in that situation, I would say, yes, take the field goal to go up eight, just because you know, your defense, like make them get the two. Um, but if you if you can't rely on your defense heavily, then one hundred percent go for two. Yeah, and and, and I mean, we don't know how tired that Georgia defense was at the end. I mean, oh, Kirby so may, Kirby may have seen something that kind of mm-hmm. discouraged him a little bit, but yeah, I mean, Alabama was driving there at the end pretty pretty easily until they decided to take two deep shots and yep. then a, a terrible throw that you know is Bryce Young kind of. I, I still yeah. don't know who he was throwing to on that. He one. He had a Vinny test Vinny Testaverde moment. <laughs> do you do do you know the Vinny Testaverde moment? Uh I do not. Okay. Well, good for you because we'll be talking about it later on in the podcast. We'll talk about the Vinny Testaverde moment. Um, so Georgia, big win. That that fan base has to be so I don't even know the feeling that they're feeling right now. Um, like I've only had one of my teams ever win a championship, and that's when the Phillies won the World Series, and I felt great. But I could not imagine if Penn State won a national title. Who's, who's your NFL team? The, shut up, Jay. Do you actually not know? No. Uh, the Dolphins. Oh, okay. So it's a never-ending media. It's it's a never-ending yeah. circle. Well, I mean, as a now. as a Bears and Chargers fan, I mean, I'm I'm with you in that. Oh yeah. Oh, I would, I would, you probably thought I was Eagles, right? Yeah. That's how I was yeah. like. Uh. Yeah. No, I have families all, or most of my family's Eagle fans. I like all the, all the Philly sports. I'll pull for the Eagles, but not nah, a Dolphins fan. Understandable. It sucks. It, it's yeah, terrible. Man. Yeah. Being um, a Chargers fan, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. The Bears, yeah. the Bears are just kind of like always not great. The Chargers give you hope and then dash and it in the most violent way possible. I feel like the Colts are like that, except for that one. Like the Pretty one year where they were just god-awful and then the one year where they actually did win it. But anyway, I digress. Um, that that fan base has to be absolutely elated. How about uh, Kirby Smart saying that there's going to be property damage in Indianapolis tonight? Like, is, does he want to get sued? Like the city of Indianapolis could 100% IPD is going to get him for inciting a riot for inciting a riot. Yeah. I was just like, what are you doing? I love it though. I think he's just so excited, but you know, you also have to think about all you have to think of the children also, because you know, Alabama women and children were being barked at by grown men (laughs) all night. Like they were being barked at by grown adult males. I mean, I, so I think Auburn fans hate Georgia more than they hate Alabama. You think so? I do. Like all the people that I talk to are like, and to be fair, Auburn has played Georgia more. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that the Deep South Soldiers rivalry has been played more than the Iron Bowl. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, but 
like just from talking to people, mm-hmm. it, it really does seem like the hate runs deeper for Georgia than it does for Bama, which is you wild. Know, you know what that might be though? That might be that might be little brother syndrome. And this this is what I'm talking about. Everyone knows Alabama is the daddy of the SEC. Okay. Everyone knows that. And now it's like a fight for who's second in command. Well, and uh, Georgia fans talking about it. Like, exactly. Auburn Georgia. Auburn is now pissed off because they knew Alabama was at the top, right? right? Now Georgia can claim that they have a national title. Yep. And now they can claim that, oh, hey, we're we're a better program than you. You know, yeah. same thing with L- LSU, Georgia, Florida, Auburn. What are all those programs having? SEC programs that have won titles. I'm trying yeah. to think here. Yeah, I mean, I guess you have Ohio State and Clemson, but when's the last time anybody outside of those, like outside of the SEC or Ohio State and Clemson won? USC. USC uh, with Bush and Liner. USC, Texas. Texas um, in 05. Oklahoma, but, I mean, Oklahoma in like 04? Oklahoma didn't win it. Uh, they haven't won it since 2000. 2000? Oh, they, they lost. They them. played, yeah, they played uh, mm-hmm. USC and LSU and lost both of those But games. you know what? And, like, here's here's the thing. Of course, thing OU here. and Texas are SEC teams now anyway. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, now they are? Are they? I are mean, they? you know. Soon enough. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon, Soon enough. enough. Um, Sooner enough. It's one of those things where I feel like Auburn – and Florida are like this LSU we just saw where their height is a national title, but their low can be like not even getting to six wins. You know, like we've seen Florida and Auburn and LSU got to six this year, but we've seen them not make bowl games. But we've also right. and and in the same decade we've seen them with national titles and like I think that's different in like the North where you have your Penn States your Michigans your um I guess it's really those two I mean I guess I don't know if you want you, that. you, you could bring up State huh I think you could bring up Michigan State but eh, but no Michigan State gets low too Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, was, like Wisconsin their floor is like six and six, right? Like, yeah, right. their floor is six and six, but their height is like 10 wins, 11 wins. Yeah. Um, so like you have teams like that who don't get that low, but they don't get that high. Yeah. Like Michigan, I don't think, and we talked, you know, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, if they're really good. They're not built to win national titles. They just can't. They just, they literally cannot. They don't have enough talent. They don't recruit well enough. And they can't get there. But they're not going to be six wins. They're always going to make a bowl game. And I just think that's very strange where you have more consistency up there in the north, but you can't get to the highest level. And then the SEC has like four teams where they can win a national title, but they can also not make a bowl. It's very, I don't know. Again, do you want that consistency or do you want to get your ass kicked once or twice and then once every 20 years you win a national title? I don't know. I mean, I would take it for the title. I would take the title. I would take very bad times for a title. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Consistency (laughs) is great and you can hang your hat on consistency, but you – yeah, no. Give me twenty years of hell, and but give me a national title. But right. it's like um, getting to experience the Cups World Series, right? I'm I'm sorry to all the people who passed before they got to see the next one, but you know I'm pretty glad that I got to see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like it makes it worth it. Yeah, you know it's it's so, yeah you know, it's going to be another 108 years, so I probably won't get to see the next one. It's but. the cake. It's it's the cake argument. It's. If you ate birthday cake every single day, you would get sick of it. Yeah. But, like, if you have cake once a year on your birthday, it's the greatest thing ever. It's like Alabama fans that are already making plans for the national championship game next year. They're like, yeah. oh, we lost that one. Where do we play next year? 
I, I mean, Bill, they want Bill O'Brien fired, um, which I don't think he called that bad of a game. I I just think he gets a little too stubborn at times with oh, his tendencies. Yeah, he's one hundred. He's a one. He is a very stubborn man. Yeah, he's a he's a very stubborn man. Um, but yeah, he's but like he's a good offensive coordinator. They had some drop passes. They lost their two best receivers. I mean, they were they drove the entire game, but. Again, Georgia's defense is that damn good where they just held them in the red zone. So I don't think you can blame Bill O'Brien. You can't. But it's a, it's a lot Alabama. of fun, too. What? I said, but it's a lot of fun, too. Yeah. I mean, listen, I get it. He's a crazy, like, he's a living, living in Houston. People do not like Bill O'Brien. Oh, no. that much. <laughs> Hang on. Good, good coach. Good coach. Terrible general manager. Yeah. Terrible general manager. Good coach. I do think he's a good coach. But he's a terrible I, general manager. I don't think he's a terrible coach. I, I will say that the general manager thing was uh, very bad. Yeah, not good. Very bad. He screwed them. But like again, he got them to the playoffs like what two or three times. You know, but like being a his, just he just destroyed the team though. Which yeah. But I don't know. I, I still think Bill O'Brien goes to a smaller. Small D or small power five or group of five school. And I think that, and I think he would absolutely tear it up at a group of five. Yeah. I mean, it would depend on the school, right? Like Mm -hmm. if he goes to like a place like Cincinnati, I think he does great, but you know, there, there's some group of five schools obviously, but I I think he gets a good group of five job if he does go group of Mm -hmm. five. And I think he'll, he won't go somewhere unless it's a good job. Shit, I mean, Cincinnati's not a group of five for long, right? Like, Big 12 pretty soon. Oh, yeah, they're going to the Big 12, right. 2023. I mean, yep. Um, I really can't wait to see Texas have to play BYU in conference. That's going to be so I, beautiful. Yeah, that's next year, right before that, they Because you're going you're gonna to have that overlap, unless right. OU can get their money. To, right. I mean, poverty program, right? Just They, they can't <laughs> afford to leave the conference early, so that's why Texas has to wait around. Uh <laughs> So, so you're looking at BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF in a conference with Texas and OU, mm-hmm. and I, I'm so ready for the the juxtaposition of those programs against high and mighty Texas and OU. Uh, especially, actually, one thing I'm really excited about is to see uh, BYU travel to Texas Tech for conference play. Uh, oh, because those two—that's uh, like the complete opposite. BYU and Morgantown is going to be another one that's going to be gorgeous. Um, those those Mormons are going to be absolutely. <laughs> they are going. Uh, they're going to be in shock. Oh, it's it's going to be quite. The, uh, BYU fans walking through the blue lot in Morgantown would would be absolutely petrified. They'd be passing out their books to everyone, telling them to repent. Or what? What you know? Ask him to to convert. You, know? you can see Hannah over my shoulder if you want to say hi. Oh, oh. hello. <laughs> um, oh man, that, yeah. Texas Tech is another place that just crazy fans like. Like their big tradition is throwing tortillas on the field, so yeah, that gives you an idea of what kind of place you're headed to. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting to see how they all intermix. I still think West Virginia needs to get out of the Big 12. but I really would like to see them in the ACC or the yeah. Big 10. I mean, the Big the 10 Big is not going to happen. Work too, it, it's it not going to happen, but the ACC would be – we could see the you know the backyard brawl back. I mean, that's that's a game that's them a lot of fun. Sarah, them in Syracuse. West Virginia and Virginia Tech. I mean, that's another yep. one that's – The Black Diamond. The Black Diamond. Yeah. Yep, which so. they played for this year. But – so we, we're talking a little bit about coaches, Jay. So Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day, the two big names in college football, the two big names in the Big Ten, are being tied to different NFL jobs. Do you think any of them leave, and do you think it's the right time for any of them to leave? I think Ryan Day probably needs another year uh, at Ohio State. But, I mean, if teams are ready to take a chance on him, I wouldn't blame him for going ahead and bailing. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, I think, has peaked with what he can do with Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think 
that's as good as it's going to get. So I think this is actually the perfect time for Harbaugh to get out of there. Yep. Uh, but you know, I, I'm le- I lean more towards Harbaugh leaving than I do day leaving. I'll put it that way. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Before before the season started, I said I would have said those were reversed. Now I think Ryan Day sticks around, and I also don't think his. Be, again, Ohio State didn't have a bad year. They won the freaking Rose Bowl, but yeah. I mean, they didn't go to the college football playoff. And they lost to Michigan, so I think do think it's a bit of a downer. Um, <laughs> I would which, love for that to be my floor. I, I know. Like, I, I was watching. I was seeing Ohio State people freak out. I work with a guy, a uh, big Ohio State fan from Ohio, and he's like, I'm sick of Ryan Dayball. He's like, I'm just – I'm sick of how they win games. I mean, it's, like, it's, you're sick of how they win games. I was like, they won the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Like, how spoiled – You want a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like – the people that are already beating the fire Jimbo drum at AM. Mm-hmm. You know, this year was a down year, but you lost your starting quarterback and last year you won an orange bowl. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, you I'm not what? happy with his offensive play calling at times, but mm-hmm. slow down a little bit. You know what? And and I I saw the Alabama people saying, you know, mate, I like the one guy on the message board, uh saying Nick Saban was smiling after the loss. What a joke. Like, people like that. These these anonymous message board idiots are the bane of my existence. I mean, (laughs) there's probably one functioning brain cell between a lot of them. These people are just scum of the earth. Facebook Uh, comment sections, too, are pretty wild. I mean, just their underwear stains in the pants of society. It's just... I mean these these anonymous message board yeah. people are like I I'm sorry to, I, I can't talk about it enough. No, I I used to get angry honestly, and again I I'm I'm a bit nuts, and like I used to read like Facebook comment sections of like like Penn State stuff, and I just I it would make me want to throw things, yeah. you know, like just how out of touch some people are. Like it's okay to have legitimate cons- like concerns or gripes. But like the I mean, things so that what it's it's just stupid and like the fans that get like personal like attacking athletes or coaches it's, mm. it's just there's it's so terrible. so many it's terrible. worse Facebook and again Facebook is like what the older people are on Facebook's Boomers. worse than Twitter yeah Facebook is worse than Twitter and like but Twitter I'm, I'm talking about like these like the recruiting message boards like oh the recruiting me- that's well. Liz, I told you last night, message, college football message boards is QAnon for college football fans. Yeah. That's and a lot of them share the same views. Oh, that which is which <laughs> explains a lot. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, we, we, we spent enough time talking about the, the shit stains of, of, of society. Um, so I honestly think Jimbo – or not Jimbo, Jim Harbaugh leaves. I don't know which job he takes, but I, I agree with you. I think I'm, I'm thinking Raiders. You think so? I haven't I haven't read anything today, but I ha- I just have this hunch for the Raiders. Who, who's um, the interim out there in Oakland right now? Uh, Fazio. Because I mean, you have to think like if they make a run in the playoffs. Oh, that's. That's true because they won. Um, yeah, we'll see. But I mean, part of that. Is well, just, um, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this guy's last name. He's Italian. Uh, yeah, Basaccia. Just give one of these. Basaccia. 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 B i s a c c i a. I I don't watch enough NFL. Yeah. Basaccia. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll Google uh, it and figure out how to pronounce. I don't it think I don't think they stay. I don't. I don't know. I don't think they take the interim out of them. Um, but I don't know. A lot of I've also been seeing the Bears, which is what Ryan Day was apparently leaked to before the season started. I mean, that would be an improvement over Matt Nagy, but that's another story. Absolutely, and like I just think Jim Harbaugh. I think Jim Harbaugh is more of an NFL guy anyway. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. The, the one thing I will say is that I mean, the Bears organization is just it's so bad show right now. It's so bad, but 
I just think that Jim Harbaugh, I, I heard Frank Gore speak about Jim Harbaugh and because he was with them when they when he was with the Niners. And he right. was talking about how all like all the guys responded well to him. And they said, like, you know, he's a little nerdy and dirt dorky, but they said that he was a pro coach. That like some of these got some of these college coaches go to the NFL and they want to browbeat players. Like, hell no, man. I'm a Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah, Urban Meyer. Your Urban Myers. Hey, Saban with the Dolphins did it. Yeah. Um Petrino you know, with the Falcons. Yeah, like they want to browbeat players and like cuss them out and you know MF them. But and they said Harbaugh wasn't like that. You know, they said he was nerdy and dorky, but they said like he was a good coach. Yeah. So, and I can kind of see him being a better fit in the NFL than maybe in uh, college because you know dealing with players that are a little that aren't as mature that you know they're going to say, man, this. Why should I listen to this guy? Right. You know, because they can't relate to him as well. Well, and like, I mean, Harbaugh's taking a team to the Super Bowl. So it's not like he has no accomplishments. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. Now, I don't want him as the coach of the Dolphins. I'm sorry. I don't want him. Just saying. I'm still surprised you got rid of Flores, but that's That's, don't get me started. (laughs) They have to have some. uh, All right. Uh, 32nd Miami Dolphin, uh, Miami Dolphin thing here. Uh, if this organization doesn't have someone, you don't fire someone on like that unless you handpick somebody. And if they don't have an absolute home run hire, they are just showing how inept they are as a franchise. It sucks. We're in mediocrity hell, and we all hope that just the Patriots lose. And that no one beats the undefeated record of the Dolphins in 1972. Or sorry, 19, yeah, 1972. That's all we freaking care about. So, all right, that's my Dolphins spiel. Um, I think Ryan Day stays. I agree with you also. Jim Harbaugh, this was probably his ceiling. Like I said before, Michigan is not built to win national titles anymore. And I'm not just saying, like, listen, I said the same thing about Penn State. I, I don't, they are not built to win national titles. It's just not how it works anymore. And listen, Jim Harbaugh got so much crap for so long for not winning the big game. If he left now after beating Ohio state and getting into the playoff, they will worship him for life. If he outstays his welcome as the Michigan man, they're still going to complain about him. Yeah. I mean, it's the old you either die a hero or you're or you either yeah, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yep. Absolutely. And Harbaugh was on the verge of being run out of town before this year. People, people if Rutgers make if Rutgers makes the kick during the COVID year, he's yeah. probably fired. Yep. Again, this is like, like the comment, the 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 comment uh section uh quarterbacks. And the comment section coaches, they have no freaking clue because if you don't sit and actually watch games and actually give reasons to why some things happen, you know, you, you look at the scores last year, it's like this Jim Harbaugh needs to be fired. No, they had some bad luck. You know, COVID hurt them like a lot of other programs. And now if you fire Jim Harbaugh after last year, you don't get to the playoff and you don't win the big 10. Right. Like, come on. You know, same thing with um, – did you watch the Jimbo cast at all? I, I watched a little bit of it. I mean – It got technical. It, yeah, it was, some of it was fun. And, like – Like, for, for guys like you and I, like, I think it's fun to watch. It's yeah. just the, how they talk about I would I would have liked to have a little more defensive line talk, a little more Elijah Robinson talking. But, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's just me personally. You and I both. But – you know, I, I saw so many tweets like, is anyone watching the Jimbo cast? I don't even know what these guys are saying. Yeah, maybe you – or sorry, maybe the guy that's yelling in Section 305 doesn't know as much as the people on the field. It's wild to think about that. they are talking a different freaking language. I think the, the ratings for it was like 158,000. So, I mean, it, it wasn't a lot, but – I, I mean, mean, but still, I mean, I, there's – 
there's another there, there's a regular cast it, it it is weird to me that they went with the full and i'm like i'm not complaining it's great for our program but it is weird for me that they went the full a&m staff instead of doing like a coach's round table like they normally do yeah no I, I understand that oh but it's huge for texas a&m oh yeah love it i can't imagine being one of these poor programs who couldn't afford to have their uh their program <laughs> just in the spotlight on espn it's the Dave Chappelle meme. It's not Chappelle, but it's like the woman. The hide the money, y'all. There's poor people around. <laughs> I, like, I think it's like Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Right? Like in the old WWE days, like someone, he's just walking around. Uh, like Someone needs to put – see, I wish I was better at Photoshop. I have so many ideas, but I just can't, I'm just not good at Photoshop. Someone needs to Jim, – uh, Jimbo Fisher's head on Ted DiBiase. With like and then the put like Reveille on Virgil. So yeah. You have like the- <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, okay, so, Jay, we're going to give our list of our our final top ten. Okay. Right. So, do you have a top ten? Uh, I can put one together quickly. Are you not prepared? I you, was prepared. You, did not, you didn't do the homework assignment. So, I was prepared for the top four title games. Okay, yeah, that was – I, that I, was, was, not, I okay. was not prepared for the final top ten. All right, how about this? I'll give you mine. I can, I can come up with one pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, so if you there, just a second here. Okay. I'll give you mine. I'll give you mine. And then that'll give you a little bit of time too. Okay. Um, I know I said top 10, but I do feel like t- I do have to name 12 and 11. Okay. I got Utah 12 and I got Ole Miss at 11. And then I got Oklahoma at 10, Notre Dame at nine, Michigan State at eight, Oklahoma State at seven. Baylor at six, Ohio State at five, Cincy, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia. All right, Tass. So you ready for mine? Yeah. So I'm sticking with a lot of the stuff you said. Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. 10, Notre Dame, Mm 9, Michigan State, 8, Oklahoma State, 7. I am keeping Ohio State at 6. Okay. I have Michigan at 5. What? I have Cincy at four, Baylor at three, Ooh. Alabama at two, Georgia at one. See, I just I think Baylor's close to the season was more impressive. I think you have to have first of all you have to have Michigan ahead of Ohio State, right head to head. Yeah, you have to. I think that Cincinnati was impressive for what they were. I think uh, you know it was a, it wasn't a great performance by them in the semifinal. But I think they proved they deserve to be there, mm-hmm. uh, especially compared to what Michigan did against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at what Baylor did against Ole Miss. I mean, they, they were pretty much in control of that game defensively start mm-hmm. to finish. I realized that Matt Corral went out early, and that's a big part of the reason why. Uh, but I, I was just so thoroughly impressed with Baylor's ability this year. Uh, you know, if they don't slip up against TCU during the playoff, I honestly think they yeah. got in over Cincinnati. Yeah. They would, so, they would be if they didn't. Yep, if they did not slip up against TCU in a in a coaches in a coach was fired game. By the way, yep, very hard to beat the coaches fired game. I mean, Baylor versus Purple Baylor. It's it's yeah. <laughs> big rivalry. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean I, I agree with it. My big one was Ohio State or Baylor. Um, I was real. I almost put Baylor at five. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I just. I think Baylor Michigan would have been a fantastic game for what it's worth. Yeah, I I do too. Uh, Dave Aranda, I mean, I, still I think Dave Aranda is probably the best coach out of out of those. Like other than Saban and Smart. Mm-hmm. No, I think uh, he may be the best coach out of that group. Yep. Yeah, I mean, in here's I know we, we were talking about the uh, national title game before, but like just think about this: it took Georgia what five top five recruiting classes to finally like to finally beat Alabama. Like, think about that. Like, how much they – like, this was not a one-year thing. No, no, no. This was building for five years to finally beat Alabama. Well, I mean, that's what you have to do at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, you could do it and probably – you could probably do it with three classes that are solid stacked on top LSU of each other. LSU did. And, and go to the transfer portal and get a few uh, major players there, Joe Burrow. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I I mean, it's it's tough. Mm-hmm. No, and it is. It does seem like Baylor's returning a lot of their talent next year, too, which is something. Baylor? That, 
Big 12. Re- yep. Let's see. let's see. Now it, it's it's a lot easier to get to the to get or to win the conference than it is to keep winning. And they do have a, d- a tough schedule though. I mean, they're they're on the road at West Virginia. They're on the road in Provo next year, which is mm-hmm. a sneaky tough game. Uh, so we'll see, but I mean, they're set up pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're going to get into our, the playoff for this week. This week's playoff is brought to you by the band Mellifilous. Check out their latest EP just high enough anywhere you stream music. Jay, I think you would like Mellifilous. Uh The lead singer, Frank has told me that, he believes that their music is like if Jimi Hendrix and Tool. Are you familiar with Tool? Uh, yeah, me, uh, okay. Maynard James Keenan. Yep. If uh, Jimi Hendrix and Tool were to have a baby, and then that baby listened to Stone Temple Pilots. Fair enough. So, so you like yeah. a little bit of grunge, a little bit of uh, you know classic rock, some a little psych, some, uh, little, some psychedelic, little yeah. psychedelic. Uh, you know our so intro. Are they doing? Are they doing like the mathematical equations to determine their music, like no. like Tool does sometimes? I, I don't. Not quite. I don't think it's that crazy. <laughs> but I guess. Uh, but yeah, local band from uh, Pennsylvania. Check them out. Uh, they we we took their song just high enough uh, for our intro. So make sure you check them out. Um, so Jay, we're going to go back and forth here. Okay. So here we go. Our playoff top four, uh, greatest national championship games of all time. My number four Clemson versus Alabama 2017. This game was in Tampa. Uh, Clemson wins 35, 31 Deshaun Watson drives down the field in the final two minutes to take the lead to finally give Clemson. Um, that second national title that they were, I think they waited almost 30 years for and kind of cement them as the one of the major programs, one of the elite programs in college football. Yep. Uh, that was the Hunter Renfro game, correct? The what? Yes. Hunter, Hunter Renfro caught that yep. pass from Deshaun Watson there at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic game. So I'm going to go a little bit off the wall here. Okay. Uh, 2018 Peach Bowl. Central Florida was able to claim <laughs> a national title after beating Auburn and securing oh their perfect season. This is terrible. <laughs> I, I mean, technically speaking, here it was a good game. And I mean, it was a fantastic game, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at that Auburn team that year. I mean, they had a win over Alabama. They went to the SEC championship. You know, it's it's it is a very very good Auburn team. I mean, yeah, you have one loss early in the year at Clemson. Mm-hmm. You have a loss at Tiger Stadium, which everybody knows Baton Rouge, Death Valley is one of the toughest places to play. Yeah. And then their third loss is to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. So that's a so, good I team. Mean, yeah, you know. Central Florida is able to to get that win. That's why they're able. I can't remember which publication let them claim the national championship. Oh but the NCAA has recognized. Was it the Orlando Sun? Technically speaking, this was a championship game, and that's oh. my number four on the list. Oh my god! I can't wait to clip that. Um, by the <laughs> way, uh, I do. So when when you refer to these nat, these national title games or, or these games, so like for example, Clemson versus Alabama, it was the 2017 national title, um, but it was the 2016 season, right? Uh, you know, like that that confuses the hell out of me. I wish we could use yeah. the the two year, right? So it's 2021 2022 season. Yeah. You so no, no, no. Like this year was the. 2021 season but it's a 2022 national title game so yeah so i put clemson versus alabama 2017 because they played in 2017 but it was the 2016 season right okay which is confusing but i just wanted this is the it was the 2017 season the 2018 peach bowl which was a national championship by technicality okay right which yeah, it I, also I goes back to like the old, like before the playoff, before the BCS, when there wasn't a true national title game. 
Right. Because it was bull tie-ins. Unless it was – unless one played two, which we'll get right. to yeah. later on. Um, so here's my number three. This is the 1984 Orange Bowl um, from the 1983 season. Miami beats Nebraska 31-30. This was the beginning of Miami's run through the 80s and really the birth of the U. Uh, Miami beats Blue Blood Powerhouse, Nebraska, coached by Tom Osborne. Uh, Howard uh, Schellenberger really takes Miami, which didn't have a really good football program, and molds it into you know what we know as the U today. After this game, Schellenberger kind of rides off into the sunset. He wants to be a part owner of the USFL, but later those plans fall through. So he left Miami really for nothing at the end of the day and then basically gift-wrapped Jimmy Johnson um, just a dynasty. But the birth of the U, uh, the Orange Bowl in 1984 from the 1983 season. So I'm going to be an absolute asshole here. Uh, my second game, or sorry, I guess number three, is the College Football National Championship from 2018. So the same year as the Peach Bowl. <laughs> Another acknowledged national championship. It's the it's the overtime game between Alabama and Georgia. Oh, Alabama, yeah. Alabama wins on the walk-off. You know, it's it's the bomb to I think it was Devontae Smith. Uh, it was Smith, yep. And it's just another fantastic game. I really thought Georgia was had a chance, especially with mm-hmm. Alabama's kicker woes that they've had mm-hmm. uh, several times. I mean, we talk about kick six all the time. It's one of the best games of all time. But yeah, so I'm sticking with the same year. The same year. So you have both those that <laughs> those both national champions. National covered. champions. Yep. Yeah. Um, good pick. People, that people was are gonna my, love that. That was my five. Okay, that was so my number five. Myself. That almost made it in. Yeah, that that's a that's a good pick. Okay, what what your number four is? I, I don't know, but that's a good pick. It was a fantastic game between Central Central Florida proved it that the guys game, could hit. They laid the groundwork for Cincinnati to make the playoff this year. There's no Cincinnati in the playoff without Central Florida in 2017. Thank you very much. God, I hate you. <laughs> uh, number two, the 1987 Fiesta Bowl from the 1986 season. Uh, the game of the century, which was dubbed as Penn State defeats Jimmy Johnson, star-studded Hurricanes 14-10, to which had Michael Irvin, Vinny Testaverde, Jerome Brown, and Penn State, the the Smurfs that they called their defensive backs because they were small and blue, uh, made Michael Irvin cry and had about four interceptions in that game. And when I was talking about earlier, the Vinny Testaverde moment, Miami drove down all the way down to the field, 14-10. They're going to you know, score the touchdown to take the lead to beat Penn State. You know, Penn State's big underdogs in this. And – Vinny Testaverde throws another pick to Kostopoulos, who falls to the ground, and then Penn State ends up winning, giving them their uh, second um, their second outright national title. Uh, love this game. I mean, I'm biased for this game, obviously, but it was a you know Miami being the flashy, brash, you know, coming off the plane and fatigues, cocky. And then you have Penn State, which was more smash mouth. Um, they had more of a, like the Boy Scout type of uh, type of reputation, but they were they were tough and punch in the mouth type of dudes who end up uh, getting the best of the U in the middle of their dynasty. So my number two. So my number two uh, is going to probably be your number one. Mm-hmm. At least I have a feeling. Uh, but I refuse to give Texas number one in anything. Uh, it's the Texas USC game, okay. 2006. One of the most fantastic games at all all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Vince Young, what a star making performance that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people had built up this USC team as an, just an unbeatable force with Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush. And I mean that this is one of the most hyped games that I can ever remember mm-hmm. watching. Uh, mm-hmm. I think everybody was just so excited about this contest and. It delivered. It delivered in every way imaginable. And, uh, you know, it's, man, it's crazy to look back on. This is one of, 
my fondest memories uh, growing up watching college football, and that's why it makes my number two spot on the list. We'll get into another game that really drove me into college football here in a okay. for number one. Okay. Um, yeah, it's my number one, uh, you know, peak college football for our generation. Um, this game, I mean, the confetti at the end, Vince Young just having an absolute game, the game of his life. Absolutely. My number one is the 06 Rose Bowl from the 2005 season. Almost didn't happen, Jay. Almost didn't happen. I, I talked about this on the podcast before. Penn State got screwed at Michigan that they couldn't get the replay to work and the ball clearly out of bounds and they gave it to them. Michigan ends up winning the game at the end, giving Penn State a loss. And, you know, Texas was behind Penn State at that time. Yep. We would have seen, and I still say, USC would have beaten Penn State. But I think Penn State could have beaten Texas just because of their defense. But we were gifted. In in my personal loss, blossomed probably one of the greatest games of all time. So I am okay with it. Not Hard, really, to, not hard really. to argue with that. Yeah. The 06 Rose Bowl, though, yes, absolutely. It's amazing stars all over the place. Um, in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, it, it's it's everything we love about college football and more. My number one, 06 Rose Bowl. And I'm curious what your number one is. My number one, little little bitty eight-year-old Jay watching the 2003 BCS National Championship game, double overtime, Ohio State and Miami. Oh, how did I miss this? The Maurice Claret game. Yes. Uh, so one th- – I mean, this game had it all too. You go to mm-hmm. overtime, double overtime in a national championship game. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is basically the end of the Miami dynasty, if, yeah. if we're being honest here. I mean, Miami hasn't been back there since then. Uh, Ohio State, I mean, what a performance that, that Maurice Claret had uh, as, as a true freshman. Right. I mean, he seemingly came out of nowhere. And I just remember watching as a kid and just being enthralled. This is one of the things that that really stuck with me as a developing college football fan. Uh, and it, it had its share of controversy. Right. There was the the very late yeah. pass interference flag. Yeah. I mean, Miami was already celebrating and then mm-hmm. that flag happens. And um, I mean, wh- what a game, though. What a game. And that's that's my number one. Uh, I think you could make an argument and there's so many great college there's so many great games um probably the only time i i think i my i saw my father root for ohio state in his life i think i i was rooting for ohio state we i hate ohio state i hated ohio state then and we were i think a lot of people were rooting for ohio state that they just because of how dominant uh miami was well i mean back back, they were going for three in a row right i i don't know if it was two or three i know they had just beaten nebraska uh, I think Oklahoma won 2000, Miami won 2001, and this was the 2002 season, mm. the 2003 game. Right. But no, they were – that was that was amazing. So, okay, we got to rank them now for, a def, uh, for one definitive list here. Um, so what we'll do, uh, we will post uh, – Jay and I will post ours individually to see who has the better list. And then – then I have a feeling people year. aren't going to enjoy the the UCF no, twenty eighteen Peach Bowl. <laughs> you better you better hope that gets down to uh, to the people in Orlando. Yeah. Um, and then what we'll do is we have our definitive list that you guys will then vote on for the playoff. So number one, I think I think we can give Texas USC the one seed. Okay, Texas USC number one. Uh, I will give Miami, Ohio State, number the two. The 2003 BCS National Championship. Yep. So, let's see here. Ohio State. Was that the Fiesta Bowl? Uh, I am not sure. We, I mean, we can look it up. Yeah. In post. I want to uh, say it's the Fiesta Bowl. I know it was the 2003 BCS National Championship, so. I think it was Fiesta Bowl, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Hang on, that was 03, right? 03. 02 season, 03 game. Um, 03 Fiesta Bowl. Perfect. 
Okay. Um, Jay, can I have this one? Can you get, I'll let you can have you it. Get, can, look, can you give me the 80, 87 Fiesta Bowl? I'll let you have the 87 Fiesta Bowl. All right. There we go. So that's and three, then, right? And then that's three. And then take number four. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, Alabama and Georgia overtime from uh, 2018. That's good. Um, what well, was that your – oh, yeah, that was your three, right? Yep. So that's 2018, um, college football final. For Alabama. the 2017 season. Yep. I know. It's those – I hate that it's like – one game played in the new year. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I hate that. Okay, so here we go. Our definitive playoff list at number four, the 2018 college football final, Alabama versus Georgia. Number three, the 87 Fiesta Bowl, the game of the century between the Miami Hurricanes and the Penn State Nittany Lions. At number two, Ohio State beating Miami in double overtime in the 03 Fiesta Bowl and number one, what we know as peak college football, the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, Texas comes out on top against USC in the 06 Rose Bowl. Good list. A good list. Very good list. I'm, I'm I mean, excited. There's no to 2018 see. Peach Bowl, but... <laughs> I'm excited to see what other people say. So, guys, if you think we missed something, which we probably did, uh, make sure you put it in the thread on our Twitter, on our Instagram. And thank you once again for joining us. And thank you for joining us all this year. Jay, do you have anything for the listeners? Man, I mean, we just appreciate you guys hanging out with us. I mean, it was a crazy year. Uh, shout out to AM signing the number one recruiting class uh, over this offseason. So, uh, obviously, we got a lot to build on. I know Penn State, what, what does Penn State have going for him up there, Jake? Uh, the entire offense is back except for Jahan Dotson, but they got some, they have a really good recruit. I think they have the fifth best recruiting class coming in, the best under Franklin, the best. Actually, the best recruiting class Penn State's ever had. Hey, and, and Ryan Day looks kind of vulnerable. So yeah, Ryan Day looks a little vulnerable. Jimmy Harbaugh is might Maybe be going gone. away. Listen, you do have to worry about Greg Schiano, you know. But uh, hey, the Shia, the the Schiano man, Rutgers, Rutgers is going to be okay. And uh, hopefully, you know, no more nine overtime games against Illinois. Oof! Hey, uh, that won the Sickos game game of the year. Uh, Love that. Or from our friends at the Sickos committee. Um, but no, I, I don't know. Penn State, they have their whole offense back. Their defense is going to struggle, I think, a little bit. But if the offense can at least do some things, I think they'll be okay. All this to say that 2022 is going to be a hell of a season. Mm-hmm. And we can't wait to see college football kickoff. First game of the year, August 27th, Northwestern and Nebraska take the field, or should I say pitch? In Dublin, Ireland. Nothing says Ireland more than the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Northwestern Wildcats. I, I think what happened is, you know, they had Notre Dame play over there against Boston College, and somebody got pissed off. Like, that's some kind of caricature of the Irish people. And I, we don't take too kindly to that. Well, the year after, they were supposed to be Bill O'Brien versus um, O'Leary. UCF versus Penn State Penn with State. the two Irish naming coaches. And then O'Brien left for the Texans, and then Franklin came in. So it just it, it didn't work. It didn't but fit. I mean, yeah. you know, Pat Fitzgerald's pretty Irish sounding. And uh, yeah. I mean, Scott Frost. I mean, I don't really Frost, know where that Frost, connection like is. The winners of Ireland that ruined all mean, the I, that Well, was that was that wrong? That you know, I mean, come on, we're we're trying to get viewers from Ireland, right? Is that wrong? We're trying to get college. We're trying to grow the game of college football. You're getting, reading that up like that. Right. I mean, if we're really trying to grow college football, maybe we wouldn't send them uh, two <laughs> sub five hundred teams. But that's another story. Uh, I, I am excited to see how that turns out, and I really do kind of hope that some national media conglomerate will send me over there. You know, maybe I can like stow away in like a in the in the bag of the of the Nebraska plane. That way, I can go ahead and cover that game. We should start sending emails to people right now. Send Jay to Ireland. Send Jay to Ireland. We'll get send it when, uh, trending Ireland. on Twitter. Yeah, hashtag send Jay to Ireland. 
Um, thank you again, guys, and have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful off season. 